All right, you're watching the Holy Ruckus podcast, episode number 77. We got guest Leticia Ochoa Adams. Hope I said that right with the right accent. But if not, she's going to tell us herself. And she's with us. She is the creator and and she's a, and she's a writer for the Catholic Herald, but she's the creator of uh, CatholicSpeakersOfColor.com, which is something that I really was interested by and I wanted a chance. I was like, you know what? I want to get this person on before they're huge, before they're so huge that I can't get them, get them on the podcast anymore. And so we have her. She's awesome. And she has a beautiful story and a mission that I think a lot of us can learn from. A lot of us can yearn to, to strive for unity. But what does that mean? What does that look like in a times like today, right? In a politically charged arena that we have here in our society. But anyway, let her talk. We're going to have her on. But thanks so much for watching, for listening to the Holy Ruckus podcast. You are at the right place. I'm here in my child's bedroom. This is our little studio. And uh, let's go. We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. Why were you made? I was made to be happy. The way to be happy is to know truth. Love goodness. In other words, I am made for God. Pero quiero lío en la diosa. Quiero que se salga afuera. You are now listening to the Holy Ruckus Podcast. All right. What's going on? Fake applause, but say hello <laughs> to Leticia Ochoa Adams. What's up, Leticia? Nothing. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm better with you right now. I'm good. My <laughs> kids are tucked away right now. I think they're making homemade pizzas with the wifey. So they let nice. me in there, have a, have a little piece and I'm fasting right now. And maybe I shouldn't even talk, say that, but yeah, I'm all right for having no meat in this body right now. So <laughs> I'm decent. We're trying to do Exodus 90, uh, me and father Pat and a few other men. So trying to step our game up. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with you? How are you? Um, I am good. I am tired. It's been a week, right? But um, it's good. I'm good. That's better. Better uh, than I was yesterday. I got some rest. Same, same. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, I don't know what was in the water. I don't know what they put in my water, but it was a it was a tough day for sure. And also, grades are coming in for for students. I'm a teacher, and oh. uh, you know, you're having those conversations about kids getting their grades in and missing assignments for the last two months. So it, it's tough and you sympathize, you empathize. And because it's rough being a student in, in COVID times, man, kids yeah. are consistently uh, trying to figure it out. So, but yeah, as a teacher, it's tough on our end too, but let me introduce you. All right. So, and I don't know, is that awkward when people just like shout out your resume? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm getting used to it, it, but at first it was awkward, but I, I am getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, folks that are, that are watching, that are listening for the first time, hit us up in the comment section. You got a question for Letty or you just want to say hi, uh, definitely do so. Oh, I just called you Letty. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that's a nickname that I've heard before, but anyway, yeah, if you have a question, comment, concern, you just want to outright, just say something. Go for it, man. Just knock it out. Uh, here we are from six to seven, and Father Pat's going to join us. But let me introduce our our guest here. Uh, Leticia is a a writer for the Catholic Herald, and she's recently taken up this this baton, this mission to let folks know that us Catholics we can't get too comfortable when it comes to the to the race issues, and we need to step into the breach and say something or listen and quiet and don't say anything at all. 
right? And this is one of those times where we can get to listen and engage, but she is the creator of something that I thought was so cool, which was the catholicspeakersofcolor.com, which was was a new thing. I'd, I'd never seen it. Certainly, I am a one of those folks that would would participate uh, being a, a Latino myself, but it's been so cool to see the type of people that are on there. You got uh, Father uh, Joshua Johnson, you got Gloria Purvis, uh, one of our uh, own contributors for the Holy Ruckus, Ogechi, um, that's on there as well. So when I found out about uh, Leticia, I was like, yo, we got to get her on the pod. So she's <laughs> here with the Ruckus. Uh, we're making some noise. Uh, but Leti, is there anything else I left out? I don't think so. Uh, nope, not that I can think of right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, thanks so much for, for taking the time to to rock with us. And like I said, Father Pat will be in here. He's on Irish times or whatever that means. So he'll be here <laughs> when he gets in here. But otherwise, uh, we got some time. So let's get into it. And the first thing we do is we like to loosen things up. And one of the, the new, it shouldn't be new, but it's one of the games that I've never thought about, underrated, overrated, whatever you find that is underrated or overrated, I want you to just uh, you know, take that mic and whatever topic I, I bring up, if you think it's underrated, go ahead and shout its praises. If you think it's overrated, go ahead and kill it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. She's hanging out with the Holy Ruckus, and this is how we do things. Here we go. Uh, let's go Pope Francis. Oh, very underrated, I think, right now. Like, he's yeah, awesome. Is that? Why, why is he underrated, though? You know, I love Pope Francis. He's like, the thing that I love the most about Pope Francis is that he doesn't listen to the noise. Like, he he just doesn't listen to the noise. Like, very, very seldom do you hear him go, oh, the hater said this about me. Let me go and justify what I <laughs> said. Like, he, <laughs> he will, he'll clear up things. I mean, he's not perfect. He's a man, right? But he's still... Um, you know, he still he came in with a mission and it was to listen to God and serve God. And you can clearly see that he's doing that. And it can't be easy because um, I am I have three thousand, four thousand followers on Instagram and I get negative comments all the time. And I like harp on them, you know, so like for Pope Francis, he doesn't harp on them. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Four thousand. I love how you said it. You're like, I have four thousand followers. You know, that's your show. <laughs> you earned them. You earned them. People like so. um, <laughs> Selena, Selena Quintanilla. Oh my gosh, Selena is underrated by so Talk many people. Her. Like, I for do, people that might not I know, love... who <laughs> Selena is. Selena Quintanilla is a Tejano singer and she's the queen of Tejano music, which is uh, my culture, which is dying out. But thank goodness for Selena because people still remember now. Um, that we have cumbias and accordions and all kinds of stuff. But I loved her. She was the first um, person who looked like me that was in the limelight. Uh, I loved her music. I loved her songs. And then uh, I was devastated when she died. So I, I think she's underrated for the simple fact that people who know her now know about her, the movie, you know, and I, and I really am like, forget the movie, go further back than that and listen to her music and her interviews and uh, her philosophy of life and all that stuff. So that's why I think she's underrated. That's what's up. That's what's up. And, and she's timeless, man. Her music still yes. hits. Her music still hits. My kids love it. And they hit the <laughs> BDB bomb bomb. They do that. Yeah. 
it's it's awesome uh for my girls and for my boys man my boys always be be jamming to her so it's always <laughs> good um let's go this might be a deep cut for some but the catholic nerds will get it uh carol voitiwa carol voitiwa underrated overrated when he used that name underrated overrated I think he's underrated for the simple fact that he did so much work for uh, people think it's like theology of the body is just about, you know, marriage. And it's like, it's about the human person. Everything he wrote about love and relationships is about the human person. And so that's very underrated because most people haven't even read love and responsibility. Like they read someone else's interpretation of theology of the body. Mm. They don't even read his audiences, which is after, you know, he was Pope. And then, but they definitely don't read his before um, when he was just a Cardinal, like uh, just a Cardinal, but so very underrated. Most people don't read Love and Responsibility, which I think every I think every Catholic should read Love and Responsibility before I don't know. You get your sacraments or you get to party at the fiesta or whatever. <laughs> like it should be like there should be some reason, some some reason that you have to read Love and Responsibility in order to be Catholic. Absolutely 100%. It's got to be a prereq. Prereq. Yeah, for something. Okay, okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um and so for those that don't know, Carol Wojtyla was uh, well, he was formerly known because then he became Pope John Paul II. But us Carol folk, we, we, we love him too. So very good, very good. Let's go uh, audiobooks. Underrated, overrated? I think overrated. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't know. I have to read a book for my own self. But I, I've never... Okay, this is the thing. I've never listened to an audiobook. I know. <laughs> so I don't know cuz I have to read. My there you <laughs> Are you more of a reader though? You like the like the ebook version or have to have the the page turn in, hear the sound, the cover? I would, uh, yeah, I prefer the hard copies. Um, but I do ebooks because my husband can't handle like the nightlight being on and mm. so I have to use my ipad to read and it's easier to carry around than carrying 20 books it's easier to have like just take my ipad and i have all my books there you so go. i go there back you and go. forth <laughs> and then last one and I'm, I'm making a guess here just from being a follower one of the many of the of the four thousand <laughs> of your instagram followers um which if you haven't done so folks leticia ochoa adams go ahead and add her on uh, ig for sure uh, because I love her stories and just what she brings. Um, but I think overrated, underrated Tupac Shakur. Oh, underrated. Tupac underrated. Shakur. Yes, Tupac was the best. Like the thing about Tupac is is that people don't understand how um oh this is the thing that's underrated about Tupac, his mother. His mother was amazingly smart and uh creative. And sought, yeah, and sought justice. And she taught her son this and she loved her son so much. And even when they had, uh, um, they had conflict in their relationship, she came back after getting off drugs and, um, sobering up, she came back and mended that relationship with him. That's, uh, amazing. It takes a huge amount of willpower to, combat a struggle like that and then to make amends with your kid because it's so humbling to put yourself at your child's mercy 
Uh, mm -hmm. So that's the one thing about T Tupac, his love for his mother, and also um, how intelligent he was. People don't really realize that uh, Tupac was killed because he tried to act like he was a gangster, and he was really just a poet, you know? Mm -hmm. But he got caught up. And um, yeah, so he's a very underrated because he was a poet. He was a creative. He was a writer. He was a genius. So what song, what song does it for you? If you had to, if you had to say what, um, well, you, you know, I, oh, it's so hard. It's, it's really hard to, uh, to pick one, but the one that gets me every time is dear mama, just cause that's the, that's the song that my son always dedicated to me every mother's day, every, every single mother's day, he would play that song for me. First thing. That's what's up. That's what's up. And there you go. There you have it. We wanted to just kind of soften it up a little bit before we get into the heavy, heavy uh, <laughs> in, and, and it's so important guys. So if you haven't yet go ahead and share this conversation, if you like where we're going, we're going to talk a lot about her mission and the work that she's doing, but let's, let's start it out. Um, in this climate and in, in the way things are, there's a lot of social unrest, a lot of, uh, a lot of things to touch on. And then here you go wanting to maybe for a long time or for a short time start a website called uh catholic speakers of color uh, com. can you tell us a little bit about that and its inception and kind of what brought you to that place to want it yeah i mean it's kind of a really long story but uh so the really short version of it is that um for about 10 years i have been working in the catholic you know world in the Catholic culture, like writing, blogging, speaking. Um, and my entire vision of what I wanted for myself has completely shifted since my oldest son's suicide, which was in March of 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but before then I was having like little moments here and there, like I was very involved in the pro-life movement and I would notice the way that um, the conversation would be different if it was concerning a woman of color in crisis versus a white woman in crisis pregnancy. And so I would began asking questions and I began thinking about it. And, and this goes way back before I even became Catholic. I became Catholic in 2010. And way before then, I was uh, very much aware of the way that um, Hispanics were treated differently than everyone else. And I was aware that my mother had grown up in a time where she couldn't go into certain buildings because she was Mexican. Wow. And so I always had questions and I always wondered, and, you know, I come from a Hispanic family in Texas and we're pretty, um, my family was pretty openly anti-black. Like I wasn't allowed to date black guys in high school. And I asked questions. I'm a question person yeah. anyways. So I pushed buttons and I asked questions and I made everyone angry and I made everyone mad, but I never understood what the deal was. And it wasn't just, it wasn't just um, anti-blackness. It was also anti-immigrant because, um, you know, we, we're Tejano. So we've been here. We, there's no, like some people are like, I'm fourth generation Texan. It's like, there is no generation for me. We've been here. We were here before the Spanish people got here. We were here. So like, there is no, um, so, so because of that, uh, there was a lot of, we're better than people who came here from Mexico, especially if they came here illegally. Wow. 
And so I had questions about that too, because it's like we we're all wearing cowboy hats, right? Because if you put like a redneck, a Tejano, and a Mexican standing next to each other in Texas, they all have cowboy hats, they all have boots, they all have belt buckles. And I'm like, I don't understand why any of you think you're better than the other one. You know, like it never made any sense to me. Um, and so then when I became Catholic, I kind of felt as if um I kind of felt as if I had to in my conversion to change my life, to become Catholic, to believe the things that the church taught, which I did 100% come in full on Catholic pro-life, uh, pro-marriage, uh, all of it. Right. So I assumed like, okay, well then I have to become a Republican, even though that went against that? everything. Is that right? To be, to be Catholic, you got to become Republican. Is that, is that, <laughs> the, is that the truth? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> People say What's that. What's that? I shall. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right there. <laughs> Put him on the side. But I mean, you have to realize, like at the time, I was not only I was not only becoming Catholic. I was living in the suburbs for the first time. Like I lived in the hood. Like there. I, so that's um, was a huge change, a culture shock to me. Was living in the suburbs, going to church regularly. Then I became Catholic. So I just assumed like, okay, well, like then Republican comes along with that. And there was a lot of good things that I learned from, um, I mean, there was a lot of good things. I learned a lot about politics. You know, I had conversations with governor Rick Perry at one point, like, so I, there's, there was a lot of good benefits to that, but I could never like shut up that little voice in the back mm. of my head that was like, okay, but what about immigration? Like when you're sitting in a pro-life bank banquet, what about access to education? What about immigration? And this is during the Obama years, right? When Catholics were like, Obama couldn't do anything right, but yet they still weren't talking about the children in cages. And I couldn't really get past that. Like I said, I'm a questions person, so I kept asking questions. And then um, one particular situation came up where I was helping a um Hispanic woman who was in a crisis pregnancy and the people that I was, you know, trying to help her who were also trying to help her with me kept um, pushing for her to place for adoption. Mm. And I kept asking like, why do y'all expect her to push like place for adoption? And someone flat out clearly said to me, like people like that can't raise kids. And as someone who got pregnant with my first child when I was 16 years old and was told to abort my child because I was not going to be able to raise him, mm -hmm. I just saw the, I saw the commonality in that phrase, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and what was that? So, so fast forward to, uh, my oldest son passing away by suicide and I started looking into, um, Cause I just, I was like, what happened? Like, what is the deal? Like what? So then I started learning about trauma, then generational trauma, then uh, trauma caused by poverty. Cause we were poor the whole time he was growing up and the yeah. stresses that that causes. Right. And so little by little, I started um, like really learning. I, which I already had known, I already knew the history of racism in this country, but I didn't really connect it to trauma, like generational trauma okay. or the issue with generational poverty. Um, 
And so I just kind of started reading more and more about all of that stuff. And it just felt to me as if things were clicking. But while that was happening, I was realizing that there are, you know, there was like maybe three black Catholics that I knew of. Gloria Purvis, Father Josh, and uh, Chica. And so it's like, where is everyone? <laughs> there obviously has to, there has to, there has to be a space somewhere, right? So um, I started asking that question. And then the summer happens. Uh, I think it started with Ahmad Aubrey, probably, uh, was yeah, killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was killed. And um, I that hit really hard for me because he was the same age as Anthony, my oldest son. And I just kept thinking of his mother. Um, so then I reached out to Gloria Provis and I just kind of had, we just had this conversation. Um, and so then, you know, just then George Floyd happened and, and it just, it kept happening. Right. And so, um, all this time I'm thinking like trauma and poverty and access to resources. And I kept asking people, Hey, you're going to have this conference, you know, uh, do you know, why don't you hire Catholics of color, like hire black Catholics to speak at your conferences. And I heard from multiple different people. We don't know any, uh, um, say that. Yeah. Did you ask? Uh, lots of people. <laughs> Oh, 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 sorry. You don't want to put them out there. No, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't put them out there. Uh, uh, yeah. What? So, so I kept thinking, like, okay, but what about Gloria? And uh, uh, anyway, and so um, I, I kept hearing this, and you know, I'm, I'm gonna like to be honest with you. Sure. I know the look, the smile. I, my, I grew up in rural Texas. Like, I know the smile of white women who are like, oh, we just don't know any, and it's like. Uh -huh. And behind all that is just, there's so much else going on, not maliciousness necessarily, but um, also just in, in Catholic speaking world, you, it is who you know, who you know, who knows you, who knows your name, how many yeah. followers you have, how it, it's a bunch of things, you know, um, to make it quote unquote in the Catholic speaking world. And then there's that problem of like people wanting to make it and it shouldn't be about that whatsoever. It should be about telling your story, telling the truth, telling what, telling the story of what God's doing in your life. Um, and so anyways, I kept asking, kept getting the same smile and nod. And then mm -hmm. I fell asleep one night. I was just very angry and I just went to sleep and I just told God how I felt about it all. And it was very overwhelming and there was no hope. Like I remember saying like, there's just no hope and there's nothing anyone can do. And I fell asleep. And then like at three in the morning, um, I woke up and this thought of, why don't you make a list of Catholics of color? And I was like, oh, I don't want to make a list. And it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm really trying to go back to sleep. It'd be a short list probably. <laughs> yeah. And then like, and I knew it was God because one, he always wakes me up at three in the morning for some reason. I don't think he knows what daytime is. And, um, mm -hmm. two, I think it's the only time I'm quiet enough for him to talk to me. But um, I also knew it was God because it's just persistent. Like it's this thing. So all day long, I just kept hearing in my head, like, why don't you just make a list? It could just be an Excel spreadsheet. Won't be that big of a deal. Just start asking around. Um, and so I just posted on Instagram. It was like, I thought it was going to be a real simple thing. Like, hey, if you're a Catholic of color and you're a speaker or a writer, just send me your information and I'll. I'll make a list and I'll pass it around to people who are looking for speakers. 
And I got like 27 names in the first, I don't know, four or five hours. It was crazy. Um, and you know, it, it was also hard because I, some people had, didn't have experience speaking and I didn't want to throw them in the lion's den. So I told them like, you know, start writing, get out there, start an Instagram, stuff like that. So that, and, and stuff. And then I can help you later on, try to figure out how to get into the speaking. Um, so that kind of took out some people, but, and I hate doing that. I, I, I suck at leading anything. I, that's another reason why I know it's gone because I don't have the energy. I'm a very lazy person. I just want to figure out what to watch on Netflix. I'm not trying I'm to lead you. a movement. Um, oh Lord, you're telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to lay on the couch, but um, yeah. So then I, so then God was like, well, how about if we do a website? And I was like, I need money. I need a web designer and blah, blah, blah. And then in the th- next three days, uh, someone Femme Catholic Sam from Finn Catholic offered to pay the fees and, um, and then she put out some requests for a web designer and a web designer showed up and offered, donated her time and her talents. And so then it just took off. Like when I try to do things, if it's not, if it's just me, it doesn't work. I don't know how to do anything. I have a 10th grade education. Um, I have no money ever. God keeps me broke because if I had money, I would be a horrible person. And uh, so that's always my clear sign that it's God because things just fall into place and they're very easy. Um, And so I, then I started talking to Father Josh and Gloria about it and, and it all just kind of came together. I got everyone's headshots and their bios and it turned into this thing and it's beautiful. And um, what I love the most is when I get emails from people who are on that website and they say, when things get hard or overwhelming, they just scroll the website and they feel hope. Like wow. they're like, I'm not alone. Um, and that's how a lot of us feel in this climate right now. Cause mm-hmm. it's hard being Catholic mm-hmm. already. <laughs> I mean, being Catholic, I I tell people this all the time. If I didn't know God existed, I would just not be Catholic. Like, it's very difficult um, to hold that line and to keep that faith. I was going to ask that because I was like, with when you do notice and you you see the stares or you you see the kind of the smile, the, oh, yeah, like (laughs) um, from from others or... um, what kind of keeps you there? Like what, why be Catholic in, in, especially Catholic in America where you're seeing this disparity between, you know, uh, Catholic speakers who are white and then everybody else. And so you see the lack, but what, what keeps you there? What, because you, you, um, I'm guessing cause you believe it's true, right? What, what yeah. shares and shows you like, what's that like? Um, I, yeah, I believe it's true because every time I, every time I try to walk away, it gets me again. Like there's just certain, for instance, yesterday I was, um, uh, there's lots of talk right now about like unity and, and peace and all this and that. And I was just thinking in my head, I was just like, yeah, I mean, and someone, someone brought up St. Paul, like St. Paul persecuted the Christians. And then he became, you know, St. Paul and he wrote all the books of uh, all these books in the new Testament. And I'm like, man, you're skipping a whole entire piece of that story where he was in prison and they were like, nah, you 
you can't come over here because you were killing us. And I mean, he walked around by himself for a very long time. That's why he got along with the pagans because uh, all he did was preach the gospel to the pagans by himself for a minute because the Christians were like, negative, you're not coming over here. Um, so there's just, so I was just ranting to God, like literally it wasn't a prayer. It wasn't a conversation. I was just ranting. And then I'm rage cleaning at the same time. And under the microwave was my, uh, I found a medal of St. Paul, like under the microwave. And I was like, seriously. And that, so that kind of relationship with God, where he makes me laugh, where he just makes, um, he wakes me up at three in the morning talking about, Hey, why don't you make this website? Or, uh, you know, I, that relationship, I want everyone to have it. Cause he, God is the funniest person I've ever met. Like he's so funny and his sense of humor. I just want everyone to know about it. Like have that relationship with the creator of the universe. He takes time out of his creating the universe to make a joke to you. You know, <laughs> there you go. Father Pat, what do you got? You're jumping in here kind of cold. My bad. <laughs> little bit but i I'm, I'm actually you know i'm warming up as uh you taking it in. uh sister leticia thanks for you know saying yes i guess you know or at least laughing with the lord like let <laughs> i hope he's not you don't you don't ever feel like he's laughing at you but i'll be honest like there are definitely times where i feel like he's laughing at me and um maybe sometimes i'm trying to like i'm leaning into it like i'm, I'm definitely like you know bringing it on myself and like you know inviting it because uh let's be honest you know work in progress da 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 but uh, so would you say, like, has it been like well received? Were, were, what kind of re reception have you encountered? Have you uh, experienced any any pushback? You know, um, I I perished the, the, the thought, but, um, you know, I do know <laughs> I do know my church, you know, uh, well enough, I think. Uh, so tell me about that. Like, how how is it? How's it been, you know, since its inception? Um, overwhelmingly, it's been a positive, um, but there are, I think this is the thing. I think that um, racism in 2021 looks completely different than racism has ever looked in the history of our country. And there's so many reasons for that. And I call it polite racism, where people are not being malicious. Like there's they're not KKK members, they're not wearing hoods, they're not burning crosses in people's front yards, but it's just the little things. Like um, a lot of people have asked, how are you vetting these speakers? And I'm like, I'm asking them for a letter of good standing and putting it on the website if they have it. And if they don't, then it's not on their name. And and then you get to vet them the same as you vet all your speakers. You know, right. we're not asking for special treatment. Your due diligence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can look at their website and if you if there's something that you don't necessarily like, well then there's however many other speakers on that list, right? Um, so that's one thing. And then another thing is is how is this different than racism? And I think that there's a misconception or not a misconception, but a misunderstanding um, of the difference between equity and equality. I think Reach we a level of uh, understanding equality, right? Where we're all the same, we're all treated the same. We ought to be all treated the same justice for everybody, but we haven't reached the level of understanding of equity, which means that certain people have gotten a head start. 
And um, that's the simplest way I can put it. So some people have gotten a head start. So the best example that I can come up with is the um, Black Wall Street. So there was a community of Black people in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They were highly successful business people. They were homeowners. They were living their life. And then um, they were killed. Um, and so they were killed terribly, uh, tragically, horribly by racists, by white supremacists who were not okay with seeing Black people succeed. And so while that's a tragic story, the logistic part of that is that that entire community had to rebuild. But the white community who killed them kept going forward. Like they didn't have to rebuild. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. while they're spending time rebuilding, the white community is going forward, progressing further ahead. And so that's one, the best example I can think of, but that happened in so many other areas for many other reasons to black families in particular, but also to indigenous families and to Hispanic families all over who didn't have access for generations to the same resources that white Americans had access to. You can talk about um, vets and how, you know, after certain wars that uh, white vets were able to purchase homes. And while black veterans had the same benefit, they weren't allowed to purchase homes because um, people didn't sell homes to black people. So all of those things create this gap between two different groups of people. Um, and, and equity means having to give up some things in order to people to, for people to catch up, I guess is the easiest way for me to right. say it. So the Catholic Speakers of Color website serves as an equitable resource that says, here's groups of Catholics of color that you can hire for your events so that you don't have to go looking all over Instagram, all over whatever. So I'm making it easier for event planners to be able to find us. And it also creates a space that we don't have anywhere else to be able to support one another, to lean on one another, to help each other with our faith. Because only another Catholic of color can understand what it's like when you see priests or bishops saying things that are harmful and hurtful or, uh, or, or another great example is, um, is this harmful or hurtful? Like this person said, came into my DMs and said X, Y, and Z, and I, my feelings are hurt and I'm angry. Is this an actual reason to be angry or am I being sensitive right now? Only mm -hmm. another Catholic in those shoes can understand that. It's the same mm -hmm. with Catholics and Christians, like, and Protestants, right? We're all Christians, but you can't go necessarily to a Protestant brother or sister and ask them about confession because right. you know it's or mary just, <laughs> or mary right, right exactly like there's two there's two there's just two different perspectives there um i think that's so huge what you're saying because one of the things <clears throat> like i kind of put it like there's difference between like representation in in the name of the diversity but then there's also having a seat at the table and being a part of fixing a problem or addressing an issue or evangelizing, right? Wow. So many times, at least when I was going uh, to um, a, a little Catholic college that no one's ever heard of uh, up in uh, Ohio somewhere, uh, it was, I, I've, I've been in that place where it, it, it didn't look like racism, it didn't, right? But again, I'm not having my, like, I grew up 
in, in, a, in, a, in a multicultural community and in the public school system where we're all together, whites, blacks, Asians, like it didn't matter, you know? Yeah. However, but going to a different, a private university, right. That was all Catholic. I was one of nine. I was one of nine uh, Latinos there. And sure enough, when it was time to take pictures and, or um, for the magazine, why don't you come out front? You go? Yeah. It, was, you know, it was totally that. They had their arm around me and everything and had some solo shots. And it was, you know, and God knows where those pictures right. are now. I'm sure that they've climbed out, you know, uh, in, in terms of uh, online. But they're out there but somewhere. That's a, pu- that's a push-pull too, right? Because, like, it, 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 nobody likes tokenism and nobody likes, you know, being like sure. single, singled out as like the C, you know, <laughs> here is our, here is our representation. But at the same time, like, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta feel weird. I mean, I can only guess here, obviously, but. Uh, We're going to get to you too, Father, because you, you got it, you got it in a different way too, being, you know, at your parish. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm definitely like, you know, the, the minority of, uh of my parish but uh i guess like you you want to see you want other people to to see like that you know oh my gosh that's like that's a that's a good option for me like at that institution or like to to leticia's point like you know holy cow there's way more than i there's way more speaker options than i thought like you know or or quite frankly you know even the people like you were saying you know um who might use just that that scroll through as like, you know, uh, a, a hopeful, you know, encouragement who, who then may also experience <clears throat> the seed being planted in them by the spirit. Like, well, hold on. That's an option for me. Like I, I could go there or I could do that. Like I, yeah. I think, I, you know, like maybe, maybe I have something to offer, you know, like if they, if they're telling their stories, like, you know, why, why am I not telling mine, you know, or like, why, why do I only tell, like, want to tell it here or there, you know? And I guess I, I re- I'm very curious about, because surely, surely you've got like, you know, all kinds of people, you know, in, in your, in your network and all kinds of um, uh, friends amongst just the cat, the normal Catholic speaker circuit and the, the Catholic world, which is like, the word is broad and the word is universal, <laughs> but we all know different, right? We all know that like yeah. when you get to those events, like it's tiny, it's a, it, it, yeah, it feels, it feels very small church. It feels very like homey, you know, you see all your peeps there and like, you know, it's just, it's just a beautiful reunion, but like uh, plenty of those, those supporters and, you know, friends have, have got to be white Catholic speakers. So like, tell me, tell me about, you know, their support and, and, and what they're, um, what they're encouraging you by. Um, you know, I, sorry, I, um, really, man, I can't, I can't say enough about my white Catholic friends. They are awesome. Katie Prejean McGrady is, um, one of my, I don't know, like she's one of, she's in my text messages all the time. Just like, keep going, keep doing it, keep, you know, and they also keep me, you know, they keep me straight because the the scariest thing, and this is what I tell everyone who comes to me about like, how do I become a speaker and how do I become a writer? And um, I tell everyone like, you have to stick to the gospel. The scariest thing is that you can quickly, and I mean quickly get so full of yourself and just run 
and just run with it and just become successful and just like make some money. And I know everyone says that they don't make money. I did speaking for one month and I took my family to the beach. Like it wasn't a major vacation, but it was right. for it was a, a vacation. Yeah. And for someone who grew up in the poverty God, yeah. that I grew up in and the poverty that my kids grew up in, I mean, they were in tears when we walked into our Airbnb, you know, like they had never experienced that. They got snacks for the first time in their life. 2020 oh. was the year of snacks. And, um, uh, they were amazed at having snack foods. But um, so so it's very easy to get lost in the popularity and to get lost in the um, all of this and that. So or in the name like Katie has met the Pope, you know, um, and uh, Jen Fulweiler is a good friend of mine and she's Jen Fulweiler like she's met Jen Fulweiler um, right. and stuff like that. So they're very encouraging to me. And I I am grateful for all of them. And so, and I always like, this is the thing too. I think that people tend to, uh, there's just so much there, but people tend to think that if I or anyone else is speaking out about racism and white supremacy, that we somehow don't like white people. And uh, that's just not the truth. I no, gave right birth here, to- right here, right now. I gave- I love yeah. white people. <laughs> exactly. I my husband's white. He's a redneck. He's not just white. He's like a straight up country boy. Um, and, yes. And um, I have three half white children. Uh, so I make white people. I don't just love them. Like, you know. <laughs> um, and and also like I, I really I don't know when we're going to find the language for this, but I really want to get away from the language of white and non white because all of us are, you know, we're, unless you're indigenous, which means then you're indigenous, um, you come from somewhere. You didn't come from the country called white. <laughs> like right. that is a, that's a concept that we made in this country specifically to oppress and keep people out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there was a time when Irish people weren't white or German yeah. people weren't white. And so like, we really just have to grapple with our history. And as Catholics, first of all, we are a historical church. History is Catholic, like literally history is Catholic. Um, and uh, I think we have the space and the capacity to be able to uh, deal with our history and also for the reconciliation, because as Catholics, we understand all the steps of reconciliation. There's examination of conscience, there's contrition, there's confession, penance, and reconciliation. And that is the way to reconcile with God. That's the way we reconcile with one another. Um, and I think that that is the absolute roadmap for racial reconciliation, where we all understand that we have a history in where we're at in this country right now, and that we all have a response, all of us have a responsibility to um, look within ourselves and work on the parts of us that are conditioned for bias and prejudice and racism and work on those things and to be honest and have honest dialogue with one another. This isn't a political issue any more than abortion is a political issue. It is a issue of dignity of the human person. And that is 100% Catholic. Mm. And God's given us everything that we need to be able to lead the way to change things. And then mm -hmm. we can be the country that we say we are. That's the thing. Another thing that I think people think that I hate America <laughs> and like I'm a Texan. So obviously I love Texas more, but you love um, Texas first. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah we I know love- this about Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Vatican, Texas, and then the USA. But you know. <laughs> Wow, that's that's probably uh, even by Texas standards, that's like you know such a strange cup. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I gotta, go. I gotta ask this this question, and I'm not sure how because like it's it's rolling around in my head, and I can't seem to to pull it out. So here comes some verbal vomit. But so you know, I know people who will take a look at um, uh, your website. Um, we'll look at catholicspeakersofcolor.com and and hopefully because of you know this episode and they'll say, wow, I'm glad that exists. That's so great. That'll really help like, you know, Latino parishes or, um, you know, black parishes like my own, like find, speakers for their revivals or for their parish mm-hmm. missions or and so like what i'm thinking is there's that's kind that's not unrelated to what you were just saying about like what at what point will we you know point out the 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 very silly arbitrary you know designation of white non white that you know at at um predominantly white uh suburban parishes a great option, you know, for your parish mission in that setting is Dr. Ansel, you know, Um, like why, why not? Like, why should that be limited to, um, you know, just, just a certain audience? Like, because, because like, you know, there's, there's the expectation that like the, the appeal might be uh, disparate, but like what, so here's the question. I, I think I'm, I think I'm getting there. Like, you know, the question is like, is there a desire of your heart to use this uh, platform as a way to um, plant, plant that seed or like inspire that move? Because I, I can, I can definitely imagine some parishes saying like, you know, we should do this. We, we should absolutely, we should absolutely do this, but there's so many more that I think we'll just say like, well, you know, I, I think we're just going to stick with our well, <laughs> no works, you know, and, and we're going to get like, you know, one of the, one of the whitest Dominicans you've ever seen, you know, and I love me some Dominican priests, you know, like, you know, absolutely. Um, so, so where's your heart on that? Um, so my thing is, is that I really do want to get past the, uh, you know, Catholics of color and then the white Catholics. Like I, I do want to get past that. And I want to get to a place where we're actually Catholic, like Catholic is universal. That means we have a multitude of stories. We have a multitude of testimonies. We have a multitude of personalities. I don't just want outside diversity. I want inner diversity. Like we are some of the greatest thinkers in history. Catholics, like you think of Aquinas, you think of the Dominicans, the Franciscans, like um, the scientists. Uh, I mean, we are, we have philosophy, sociology, theology, like we are so intelligent. Our faith is a faith of intelligence because intelligence is the gift of God for us to know and love and serve him. And I want to get back, honestly, I want to get past the racism stuff so that we can get back to that, back to talking, back to intelligence, back to um, studying and knowing God. And 
uh, and being people of faith who attract other people. Because I don't know if anyone's reading the room, but people are not attracted to our church right now. <laughs> like I meet people in RCIA and I am so in love with this church and I'm so in love with the Eucharist and I love being in a relationship with God. And I still ask everyone in RCIA right now, like, what are you thinking? Like, how did you end up here? You know, crazy. Uh, 20, 2021 has to be the craziest year to come into the church, but there's a reason. Um, and we can attract more people and not just for numbers, not just for, you know, like, oh, we're beating the Protestants, <laughs> but like, because we, um, we are holy and that is the goal. And I think to me, an obstacle of that goal is one racism two politics, like making things political that aren't political. It is not political to feed the hungry. Jesus Christ himself told us to feed the hungry and that our souls would be judged on whether or not we did what he said. It's very simple. Um, that is not socialism. That is not a political talking point. I, I don't know why anyone thinks that kids in cages is a political point. Like, it's very simple to me. A four-month-old baby shouldn't be in a cage being taken care of by a nine, nine-year-old he doesn't know or isn't related to. Um no matter what their parents did, you know? Um, and so to me, I just want to get past all of that and get to the gospel where we are Catholics in this world who are doing what Christ has called us to do, which is to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the prisoner and love one another. And that's the, and that's the call, the universal call for all of us. Right. Yeah. Um, but yet here we are and we have to go through this. We have to have these conversations though. That's the thing. We can't just fast forward because we know how it ends. We have to right. get to this place because I believe that we're losing souls over this or, Absolutely. You know, right? and, or we're ignoring other souls. And, and that's the idea. And so I, as a former youth minister, as a, as a Catholic school teacher right now, to, to, to hear this and to, and to, and to see what you're doing. And, and, and I call it a mission. I call it because, because that's, that's, it's a whole mission, right. To do <laughs> yeah. what you're doing, to try to highlight speakers of, of, of color who are trying to evangelize the world, not just their base, not just their, you know, all the Africans, not all the Filipinos or whatever, but I I've seen it and, and working in the church for, uh, for seven years, I've seen it. And so to, as a, as an educator, like, thank you, because that's just going to bring out more because it's so hard. It's so hard to find speakers that are on tape in good quality right? That I can yes. go out there and, and find and say, Hey, look at this. I remember the first time I showed my kids, uh, Dr. Ansel, uh, Augustine, right. Who is now over in, in the ADW in the RTS yep. in Washington, uh, thankfully. Um, but when I showed him the video, when he was over in new Orleans, Louisiana and talking about, uh, black Catholicism and my, and my school, St. Vincent Pilati in Laurel, Maryland is, um, you know, right out right there by Baltimore, all you know 90% black and all my kids would say why is catholicism so white i mean <laughs> you're cool Mr. Moldy's, you're cool but it's so white like what and i'm like that couldn't be further from the truth because yeah. of what we have in the deposit of faith but also universally like worldwide and so i'm all down for your mission because we just don't have enough of it and and um it's not enough but 
there are some honest questions that come up about this and one that I've already shared with you, uh, Leticia. So I wanted to kind of, kind of share, uh, someone had reached out with a question via text. And if you have a question about, uh, maybe racism in the Catholic church or more of Leticia's mission, please go ahead and put that in the comments here. We're going to get to all of them, but here, uh, as much as we can here, as we're nearing the, the, the latter half of our podcast here. Um, so one of them was my honest question for her, for Leticia is how can we say we want to promote unity in the church if we have a ministry specifically focused on speakers of color? Are speakers of color not allowed to be listed on other Catholic speaker websites? If so, that's evil, but I don't think that's the case. It seems to me that the issue of race becomes about further division rather than about equality, unity with movements like this. So charitably, of course, like, let's just knock it out. Let's just call it what it is. And uh, I don't know. What do you think, Letty? Okay. So I'm going to take it in two parts. I'm going to take one, the unity part, and then two, um, whether or not Catholics of color get to be on speakers list. So first, the unity part. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that having Dominicans and Franciscans adds to the division in the world. They both have. They thought it at one point. (laughs) and they fought and they fought right um but like now i kind of think of it like there's we're all different we all have different gifts we have different things to offer to the world and um so it's not division it is actually making a space for uh a specific group of people who are for whatever reason not seen and heard frequently um and two you know, unity doesn't mean that we kumbaya with everyone. Like there was a time, John chapter six, where Jesus said some crazy stuff and people left and Jesus didn't chase them down. Instead, he looked at his disciples and said, are you leaving too? Cause I'm going to go. And so sometimes people um, think that unity means that we all have to not have Ooh. hard conversations and not deal with hard things, but we do. And as Catholics, we deal with the hard things all the time. Once a month, we all hopefully sit in a confession line um, and get ready to go do the hard thing, which is to confess our sins so that we can come back into unity. There there are action steps that need to be taken for unity. Um, And one of those is making a space for Catholics of color in the speaking world. Now, they're not necessarily uh, kept off those other speaking lists maliciously, but there's a lot of things that go onto getting into those speaking lists. And Ooh. sometimes it is that you have to think the right things or say the right things or push the right narrative or have an agenda. Um, a little virtue signaling. Yeah. And I don't really know what the, goal of that is I honestly don't because I don't even worry about it like I stay in my lane I know what God's asked me to do and um and I ask everyone to pray for me and while you're praying for me if you have a problem with my website tell God he knows my number he can let me know (laughs) if I'm doing it wrong um but really uh, really it's just making a space where I saw it needed to be made for people that I saw weren't like Dr. Ansel like I think he should be on every conference from here on out ever like book him up 
you know, morning to night. That's what I think. Um, Father Josh, I know he has a parish to run, but I also feel like he should be on everything. Gloria Purvis, like everything. Um, and so I, so to me that it's making space. It's not taking away space. Did you ask her that, that second question about the, about other uh, speakers, guilds or other websites that have universally all these speakers and the, yeah, the I, yes. I, yeah. yeah, I really don't know what they're, I, I feel personally, I um, tried to get on one and I just didn't fit the narrative and that's fine because they all have their own mission and I am not one to say what is or isn't their mission, sure. but um, I, I know that it, speaking in the Catholic world is about who you know and what you know. And um, so I created a website that has some pretty big names on it and hopefully it'll help everyone else on there. And that, and that kind of, and then I'll let you react Pat as well, but in that kind of show, like you'll know it by its fruits. I mean, if this grassroots movement is not of the Lord, then it's not going to catch fire and it's definitely not going to yeah. catch the attention of well-known national speakers like like Father Josh is, is becoming now. Shout out, Father Josh. He's amazing. And <laughs> he already has his ducats. I mean, he's got he's already booked up in terms of Ascension Presents and what they do. And right. so, and Dr. Ansel's getting well known. And Gloria Purvis until recently was was killing it on e EWTN. And that's another conversation. But honestly, <laughs> you know the fact that they they vibe with your mission is because they also see what you see and what I see is there is a lack. And even yeah. if, it's, you know, a, a small dip or, or, a, or a chasm, we see it. And so yeah. for, for that to, to be there, I, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a worthy thing and you'll know it by its fruits. And from what you're saying, um, it, it, it it's catching, it, it's catching for, for yeah. the folks. And, and so, right. And it. I, and I would really ask like, so like anyone who has that question and thinks that, um, I really, honestly, really just, go and read the history of this country, read the history of our church, the way people reacted to um, Father Tolton becoming the first African-American priest in this country way back when, and the, the you know big deal that that caused and why he had to go do his seminary in Rome or the reaction of white Americans when we got our first black bishop. I mean, I really just, uh, my I think that the way forward is for everyone to, hear the stories that have been kept from us. We've been sheltered from a lot of the history of this country, a lot of the history of this church. Um, uh, we had orders who owned slaves. I mean, there's there's a lot yeah. there, right? And I'm not saying for us to, you know, rehash the past so that we can all hate one another and hate this country or whatever. I'm saying rehash, I'm saying just learn it so that you understand where people who don't look like you are coming from. When we're talking about black Catholics and the specifics specifically i think we have to hear their stories we have to listen to their pain they don't have to listen to our objections for them being in a space that we don't think like it's a big deal for them to be in but we do have to listen to them all the time about their history about why they're here and also i mean i i all you have to do is look at the Catholic books. Just like look who's reading them. I mean, who's writing them, and uh, you can see the lack of um, sure. Black Catholics telling their stories. You're talking about history. I teach church history, and we only get one side of the story, and yeah, it, it sucks. Um, but well, and yeah. like especially ahead, on the, well, <laughs> one thing we <laughs> talked about here at 
St. Joe's is that uh, the church was very African. <laughs> the church is extremely African, especially in its earliest days, like the apostolic times, like, you know, there was every bit as much like robust, uh, like church tradition coming out of Egypt. And, you know, um, what was once Carthage, you know, like the Roman Empire, uh, ever heard of a St. Augustine, you know, like that's an African, <laughs> thing, you know, so, um, yeah, and, and, and the the, his, the history is is difficult to grasp without that i think that imp, extra impetus you know like so for i think most of us we we hit a point in our life where we're like you know who am i or like where am i coming from like what's my deal like <laughs> you know who are my people you know and and we start we we naturally reach for the things that like are closest to home you know and that like you know, resonate most deeply with like who um, our grandparents and our parents told us, like, you know, this is, this is where you're from. Like, this is who, who your, your, you know, your people are. I guess the, the trick is, is to then like somehow uh, tap into that innate, like, you know, desire and quest to like learn more about, you know, whose we are. And then include in that like some some big tentism, some big big netism that like, well, it's it should also be interesting to me to like know like, uh, since it is so important to me that I am Catholic to know like my Catholic family's history, you know, like yeah. this is this is my you know this is my brother, my sister Catholic, you know, and this is where you know this is part of her story, you know, this is part of. His, his like where he comes from, you know, and to, to have to I guess to to stoke that that flame because that's all you're really describing to me. I think is is like that. There's 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 plenty of room, you know, to to uh, reference a, uh, a you know a gospel song, uh, a, a hit that you know is is a favorite over here. But I guess uh, yeah, like every speaker should have that you know freedom to you know uh, appeal to you know, multiple audiences and to use multiple platforms as well to like uh, get their name out there and, and generate, um, generate interest, but also just opportunities to, as you put it, tell their story, you know, tell, tell, share the word that the Lord has put on their hearts, you know, and on yeah. their lips. Um, but that's the problem, I think, <laughs> because we don't understand. We yeah. don't understand big tent, big, uh, you know, like big net kind of uh, themes of, of theology. We, 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 we really don't even like thoroughly grasp where plurality is reflected in our own, uh, in our own history, I guess. And, and that's probably <clears throat> the for at the forefront of that, you know, you'd like to see, um, you'd like to see the shepherds, you know, uh, being the tip of the spear, you know, and leading that charge and like, you know, debunking uh, myths, false conceptions. But I, I, more and more these days, like, I wonder if that's, you know, if, if that's what's holding us back. I think, you know, that the grassroots of having, you know, uh, lay Catholic voices, you know, 
slowly yeah. swelling, you know, slowly, slowly building, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where like, uh, they're, they're unmistakable, they're unavoidable, they're easily recognizable, you know, um, yeah. praise God that we have like some very, very, you know, recognizable, uh, clerical voices, you know, Father Josh Johnson, Father Mike Schmitz, Bishop, Bishop Barron, you know, but ultimately, I mean, I think in terms of cultural engagement, it's way more important that, uh, you know, the, the biggest group of the church um, and the great, greatest representation of the body of Christ, you know, be become the, the loudest proclaimers of, sure. you know, our, our plurality. And I suppose that that will be the ed, that will be the way of education, you know, which is yeah is, is already kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to you know, stir the pot here, but, you know, that's definitely not the norm. You know, we usually wait. We, we, we're, we're, we're good at waiting. We, we're big fans of obedience <laughs> and I'm not telling anybody to be disobedient, you know, but we're very, we're very good at like, you know, let, let my shepherd tell me, you know, when to go and then I'll go, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing though, at the end of mass, I mean, that's the call, right? At the end of mass, it's like, go out into the world and show the gospel through your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're supposed, we are the laity, like the bishop's job is to teach us the faith. Our priest's job is to give us the sacraments. Our job is to proclaim to the world by our life, Amen. the gospel, you, go. you know what I mean? And I think, I think we've forgotten that. Like, I think we think like, oh no, I need the bishop's permission. We've, and we've compartmentalized it. Again, like mm. you're saying, I'm no one. Right. But, but you still have a job. Like we're, yeah. uh, you know, we still have a place to proclaim the gospel in the world by our lives, not by like our political stickers on our car, but like feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. I mean, I can go on and on. Like the works of mercy are there for a reason. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think this is part of that. And also another thing is, is that uh, we need workers in the vineyard. You know, there is so much work. There are so many people that are thirsting and dying, literally dying from diseases of despair who need to hear that God loves them more than they think he does. And the more voices we can get to say that, and the more uh, people we can get, because being a Catholic speaker is not easy. The traveling, the uh, talking, most of us want to sit in a room and read the Summa or something. Like, <laughs> you, you know, we're not, we're not, Wait we're a trying minute. to read Dorothy Are you guys Day. nerds? <laughs> like, I, Seriously, most Catholic speakers that I know are huge nerds. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts, but most all across the board, we're nerds. We want to be sitting somewhere in a comfy chair reading some Dorothy Day or some Catherine of Siena or something like that. Um, And so speaking is a hard life. But the thing um, is, is that it comes with so many joys and so much fruit and we need as many people. I, I just don't understand anyone's uh, thinking who thinks that closing people out is the way to go. It's just, there's so much work. It's Yeah. And it, yeah, totally, totally. There's one more, there's a question here. Hold on. We have one more question as a fellow Franny. That's accurate. My oh, experience. Oh, oh. Uh, related question. What is some, uh, some advice for white Catholics to be better allies, but also avoid tokenism? Um, right now, honestly, I think that the best way, and it's, it's hard, right? It's so the best way for white Catholics to help us is to, um, 
work on your own racism and talk about it. Like I, I, and I know it's hard and I know that it can bring a lot of, uh, anger. Uh, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen people struggling. I've seen them trying to do the right thing. And then every once in a while they'll trip up and it turns out bad, but we're Catholic. And at the end of the day, we're called to do the hard thing. And so Mm -hmm. I really feel as if, and I'm not telling anyone what to do, but I think that right now is not the time to, um, be radio silent. I do believe that it is the time, even if you don't want to go into details to say, this is the book I'm reading. I'm struggling. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. That's it. I'm not saying everyone to become an anti-racist content creator, uh, that everyone has their own goals and the market. <laughs> like God, God, gives, thing. God gives us all our, our, our place in life. Um, but I do think that it is very imperative to, um, for, for, because we're tired. And I mean, I, and I am not, I, I mean, I am fair skinned. I'm married to a white man. I have a lot of my own privilege and a lot of my own biases that I have to work through every single day. But I, our black Catholic brothers and sisters are exhausted and they're scared. They're scared. Um, And they feel alone and they don't feel welcome in their church and they love Jesus. They love the Eucharist. Something I said to someone the other day is that I constantly hear white evangelists talking about how they wish people could love the Eucharist again and know that the true presence is there in the Eucharist. And I can tell you right now that every black Catholic I've talked to in the last six months loves the Eucharist. They know that that is the body and Mm. blood and soul and divinity of our Lord. And, um, so that's where it's at. If you're looking for people who understand the real presence, it's the Black Catholic community. Um, and so I, I honestly feel as if what we can do is um, be there. Be there and not shy away from the hard conversations. Follow Black Catholics on Instagram. Share their content. Um, pay them for speaking. <laughs> like, okay. that's what the I think. Is, please pay your folk. A worker is worth his daily wages, crying out loud. It's in the scripture. I do want to um I do want to piggyback at, at great risk to personal self of like go, go for it, Father, but we're, we're explaining. explaining. I don't I'm not trying to do that. I, I, I love what, what Letty just shared for us because there that 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 fatigue is so real. And it was something that our sister, um, because we gotta we gotta promote our own, right? You know. Um, and she's she's wrapped on your um, on your list. Um, Sister okay. Ogetti like talked, you know, very openly and very honestly in some of our conversations months back about how um, being an ally means checking in, you know, means means checking in and and not assuming anything about like somebody's react reaction to the headlines or um, what's what's going on and how it's hitting you. But but like giving leaving that space, you know, to believe like, well, they there might be a different reaction or there might be a different take on this that I wouldn't be able to come up with on my own. And so being able to check in with our um, our brothers and sisters, you know, um, Catholic and and non-Catholic who are representing a, a different, you know, cultural perspective. But I would also add that. um I think that sometimes there's there's a presumption of 
that because we worship differently, you know, and the liturgy becomes like one of the one of the easily easily the like the biggest hotbed issues is like you know the way they're worshiping worshiping over there like that ain't church like whatever that is that ain't <laughs> church like that ain't the Catholic church I know and oh, I hate to break this to you but you know it probably is and and uh, I think I think where I've seen that play out is not unlike the way that sometimes when someone speaks differently than I do, um, it immediately comes with a rush of like, you know, boom, 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 boom. I guess I guess I know this, 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 this about them, about this person yeah. that I'm encountering. And, you know, for, for my own uh, flocks, you know, population, all it takes is, you know, somebody asking you a question, you know, to be all automatically thought at, of as, you know, <clears throat> <laughs> whatever you know like different kind of education different kind of you know um a, a person here that's that happens in the catholic world i think because we we do sometimes assume like you know do they even do y'all even know like you know our, our catholic faith or you know our catholic catechesis or whatever i i i would encourage all of my you know uh all of my friends and, and all of my you know uh fellow catholics from all of the beautiful parishes that I've been privileged to serve in, you know, as a seminarian, as a layperson, and now as a priest, um, to to be always open to the the possibility of the awesome gift that it is for us personally in our own faith um, to share some clarity, to to refine, you know, to be that refiner's fire, you know, to not like, you know write someone off is like, you know, oh, I don't know about, you know, that they don't seem to, they don't seem to be tracking me as I'm talking about the Holy Spirit or, you know, I'm I'm meant I'm dropping these words and I'm not sure like I'm getting glazed glazed faces or whatever. Like that's as far as I'm concerned, that's always a gift. That's always a gift because we always we then we that we get to say more. You know, we, we get to stop yeah. we get to talk and and no I don't suffer from like, you know, the the um <laughs> the lack of words <laughs> this is me irish gift of the gab you know me garrulousness you know me flapping of the gums disease you know i've definitely uh got to scale back sometimes but you know say less um but ev every one of those opportunities you know when we find somebody um that may not m match our expectation or our, our hope for like you know well they're not they don't seem to be resonating with you know, uh, my understanding of the liturgy. <clears throat> so what? <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Like, that's, if anything, that's an awesome, that's an awesome place to like jump off from and be like, you know, well, what, what, what do you know? Or like, what can I share? Like, you know, mm -hmm. um, is there something, is there something we can talk about, you know, that, that, uh, about the way that we worship that I can, you know, learn to learn to appreciate because <laughs> let me tell you something, most of the white folk I know who have been to, their very first Latin mass all have the same reaction. You know, <laughs> when, you go to, when you go to Latin mass, everybody feels like, oh, what, what is going on? I don't even know. <laughs> They're singing that and he's doing that. And I don't, I, do I say this part? Like, can I have a line, please? Like, that's all of us at, at you know, Latin mass. But like, for crying out loud, people learn how to pray that, right? You know, yeah. people learn how to pray that well. You know, so like, I, I guess, yeah, we, we, we get to learn how to pray better. 
Yeah. Because we're all, it's, it all paints our experience differently. And, and one of the things as a, as a close here, uh, cause we, we are running up against it, um, on your website. One of the things is you, you, you have categories of, of, of things that people can talk about, you know, you're okay. Yes. You're a Catholic speaker of color, but these are universal themes that you have. <laughs> yeah. You evangelization, music, liturgy, pro-life ministry, like, or, uh, life issues. Like you have the gamut of topics that are in the catechism, like is very orthodox, but it's also understanding this. And this is where I want to encourage and invite and challenge some folks that might be like looking at this, like, do we need this? Well, yeah, you can find anybody to give these talks, but also you're getting how they, their lens, their vantage point from their particular, because you, for me, when I give talks, especially pro-life talks, it was painted by my, you know, my Latin, my, my Latina grandma who yeah. took me to the, you know, with me and my cousins. And we went to uh, Langley park up in, uh, you know, parts of, uh, parts of Maryland, rough parts of Maryland, where we evangelize handing out rosaries, praying with folks. Like, you can't talk about pro-life ministry. At least I can't without talking about how my culture and my Latinoism like paints that you're not going to get that with uh, like, you know, with everything in terms of the universal umbrella of you're just a speaker. You're just a Catholic. No, no, no. But the, but the best Catholic speakers, right. Are ones that can show it. And it doesn't have to be just the of color. It can be those that are, that are white, that are Irish, right. Like my man, father Pat or, or uh, German, like my wife, like it paints how you view these universal themes. Right. Yeah. And so that's what you're, you're bringing and highlighting is the same old themes that we know, but painted in a way that is culturally like respecting where they come from because it's absolutely, absolutely different. And so, and that's what I want to challenge anybody that's on the fence of, of checking out this website for, for speakers virtually or in person, check it out because we're, we're missing so much more beauty in the church that, and it's found here and it's, it's collected here. Leticia has done all the work for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to add, I don't want to take, so like, I want to add speakers. I don't want to take speakers off. I, I think that, I think we have an amazing group of Catholic speakers right now. I mean, I could, everyone could probably name like five, you know, that everyone knows. And, and so in no way whatsoever, am I saying don't hire these people and hire these people instead. What I'm saying is, is hire them all and, and have a diverse conference have a different point of view let someone let everyone in your audience find something that they resonate in each speaker because if we just keep telling the same story over and over and over again we are putting god in a box god does amazing things like look at our saints just i mean our saints have amazing stories and um there are catholics among us with great stories and i think that when we uh try to you know, limit the story, we limit God because God loves to do amazing things. He's crazy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Father Pat, why don't you uh, break us off a little blessing and, and we'll be on our way. Leticia, thank you so much for being with us. Where can we find you? Where can we holler at you? What do we got? Uh, you can find me, Leticia O. Adams, uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, and that's my website. <laughs> there you go. And it's right here on the ticker here. And so there you go. Go ahead, uh, Father Pat. Uh, amen. A blessing here. We go forward. Thank you so much. And then the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, uh, Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, um, cause of our uh, of our laughter, 
of our joy, of, of our plurality, of our um, multiplicity, um, the, the many, many parts of your body, um, your sacred and holy body. Um, we desire to bring you glory and, and honor um, through uh, crying out loudly, um, loud enough to rise above uh, the noise and the din um, of this world. I thank you and I praise you uh, for a ministry um, that you have inspired that will allow um, us to add um, more uh, more numbers um, to those uh, places, more uh, people to go out, um, more missionaries uh, inspired to speak to every single one of your children um, in every place at every time. Um, protect us as we go and, and bless our listenership, especially those um, who uh, need to find the hope and encouragement um, of uh, this conversation from this evening. The Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. awesome. Thanks so much again. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been rocking with the best, the Holy Ruckus Podcast. Thank you so much, Letitia, for being with us. And Father Pat, better late than never, my friend. Thanks again <laughs> for the blessing. I get free blessings every week. It's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't uh, yet already, go ahead and subscribe, follow, share the whole gamut. Um, you know where we are, the Holy Ruckus, making the ruckus in the church for free. But in case you're feeling generous and you got some bread, you got some ducats, please prayerfully consider supporting the Holy Ruckus uh, at the our Patreon and give Shouty three bucks a month. Just saying. Come on now. Folks, thank you so much again. And then hang tight, Letitia and, and Father Pap, as we, as we go. Hang tight. But otherwise, folks, have a great night, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Thanks God so bless. Much.